to NCFM Today, a podcast about family medicine in the Old North State. This edition features an interview with our newly installed president, Dr. Jessica Trish, a family physician with Biden Chakawinity Family Medicine. Dr. Trish completed her undergraduate degree at the University of North Carolina, go Tar Heels, and did medical school at the Brody School of Medicine at East Carolina University, go Pirates. She completed her residency at Moses Cone Family Medicine in Greensboro. I'm your host, Greg Griggs. Dr. Trish, welcome to our December podcast. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you on here. As our new president, Dr. Trish, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got involved with the NCFP and your leadership path? Absolutely. Um, I've been involved for, for many years, and it's been a, an interesting and fun path. It actually all started back as a second-year medical student when I did my um, rotation, family medicine rotation with Dr. Michelle Jones, who was at that time active in the academy. I don't know where she was in her leadership, but um, took me to what was then called the North Carolina Advocacy Committee meeting, um, which I didn't know existed. And she brought me there, and we sat in a room with a bunch of physician leaders. And I was I realized at that point that physicians are leaders and, and can actually make an impact in the legislative world. And I was just amazed. It was really cool because, for one, I, I knew her um, fairly well at the time, but I didn't know her role and, and how much she meant to the academy. And also to just see the different people there and, and what comes of these meetings. So that intrigued me a little bit. And I continued to keep in touch with her. And later in my fourth year, I applied for the um, NCAP has a, I don't know what it was called then, but it's their fourth year um, clerkship or internship. Um, you can correct. What's, what is the name of that, Greg? Uh, policy and Leadership Elective. Yeah, I don't know if it was called that then, but it was an awesome elective that allowed me to spend four weeks with the academy. And I worked on a paper about uh, maternal care, maternal health, prenatal care in North Carolina and got to meet Greg and a lot of other uh, academy members that are still there and just loved it and realized at that point that I, I wanted to stay involved and continue to be involved and knew that my future hopefully would, would be with the academy. Well, fast forward a little bit, life happens and residency happens and I was a little overwhelmed in residency trying to make sure I did well and, and keep afloat. So I wasn't involved at that time, um, but I was lucky enough to have um, Greg still be around and I think I sent him an email towards the end of fourth year and asked if I could be involved and he took me under his wing and gave me some roles and my leadership skills developed and the next thing I know I, I was asked to be on on the board so um, it was over many years and, and I, I grew I think over those years but a, a lot of kudos to, to Greg and other members of the academy for continuing to let me be a part even though I, I disappeared um, for a few years and I encourage anyone who is in the same situation, you know, just because you step away doesn't mean you can't come back and, and be involved in a leadership role. It's, it's pretty amazing how much, uh, how long I've known you and how long you've <laughs> been involved in the academy. You, you were just a med student and here you are now my boss. Yeah, it is. It's, gosh, it's been 10, 13, 15 so years, maybe more. And, and Dr. Jones likes to joke uh, that now we have, uh, I'm her, her uh, med school baby, but now we've got, she's got med school grandbabies and I think we're on great grands for her. So it's, it's pretty neat to see how that happens. So, you know, that kind of leads right into my next question, because I wanted to ask you about your goal as the president of the NCAP and, 
and I think talking about uh, med student babies and grandbabies uh, leads right into that. So tell us a little bit about your goals. Yeah, I think my main goal, and it's been on my mind for a while, is is mentoring and how can we promote mentoring? How can we teach people to be mentors? And how do, can we develop our mentoring skills? I think it's important, and I alluded to a little bit in my speech, but when we mentor someone, you, have, you impact their life. And that may influence what they choose to do. And, and hopefully, you know, med students will choose to be family physicians. But even if not, they will become physicians who learn to respect other fields and who learn to understand what family medicine is. I think one of my goals as president would be how, do, how can, can I or how can we as an academy get people to mentor? There's, uh, many of us do it, but not everyone does. And, it, and it's pretty simple and easy. Um, and even if it's just one student, I, I would love everyone to commit to having a student, even if it's just a, a few days. Um, because once you do it, it almost it's almost like an addiction. <laughs> you enjoy it. It's fun. You want to keep doing it. You learn. I learn when, when I'm a mentor. So my goal will be to get as many academy members and physicians to, to take on this role as a mentor as I can. You know, I loved uh, your speech. Uh, you talked about three things you had learned from your own mentors. Can you briefly talk about each of those? Let's start with uh, item number one on your list. Okay, absolutely. Uh, be a leader. I think that was that was my first one, and that again, I have to thank Dr. Michelle Jones for that. But I always tell my students this, and I'll tell everybody is is don't just sit back and, and watch things happen. You need to be engaged. Um, I hear a lot of my colleagues complain about, you know, EHR or things going on or administrative burden or even just, you know, insurance companies and medicine in general. And I think it's great to have these conversations, but but when I say be a leader, I mean step up and, and do something about it. Be at that table, ask how to be at that table, and, and reach out to people to see what you or what we can do to, to fix some of that burden. Um, the other thing I talked about was, was be real. And this is something that I, I really enjoy with my students is, although we want family medicine to be a positive experience, we don't want to sugarcoat it because in the end, students and residents are going to be out there and they need to know what to expect, but they also need to know what, what's being done in the backgrounds. I, I want students to know what real life is, what income can be like, what your life may be as a physician, work-life balance, do you have kids, not have kids, how do you spend time with with partners, uh, I, I think we need to be honest about how we can we can do all that, and 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 let let your students get to know you. Really, it can make an impact, and, and it makes it fun, um, and you can build relationships with that. I think the final one was was have uncomfortable conversations, um, and I like to give a shout out to uh, Dr. Kabiko Howell for for speaking to me about this. But we we need to talk about some things that aren't easy to speak about in an everyday basis on an everyday basis. Um, Racism, discrimination is, has always been around and it's not necessarily any different than before, but we're more aware of it and we need to take this opportunity to talk about it, especially with people who may not be aware of some of the disparities. Um, and we need to change things. We need to, to work with our students and residents and legislators and you know, whoever we need to, to make changes. Um, we need to talk about gender and sexual orientation and how to make that something that our students and residents are comfortable with and, and discuss this. No matter who you're speaking with, it should be a normal conversation when we speak about these things. You, you can be the medical home of the family physician for anyone. For anyone. there's and, and, and no matter who walks into your office or your exam room, should be treated equally and as, as just as the, you, your own family. And I think that's something we need to drive home to everybody. 
you know, and, and talking about uh, being a leader and, you know, but also being upfront about uh, the good and the bad that's in life and in healthcare. Uh, you know, I think many times students don't know what's changing in healthcare. Just talk a little bit about what you see changing that's going to help family medicine and really put this specialty at the forefront. Mm-hmm. What I've been speaking to my, my students about more, more recently is some of the upcoming changes that hopefully will help improve patient care and actual and, and reimbursement and, and income for, for physicians in general. Um, there's a lot of movement to put more priority, more emphasis on the importance of primary care. Um, historically, it, it hasn't always been that way, but there's a lot of change coming now. Um, the new coding changes in, in January of 21 are actually supposed to help primary care physicians um, and, and, and take into account the time spent in a patient encounter, which we, it's hard to do right now, but it's supposed to be a lot easier, which should help us overall. Um, so I think those are big changes. And just the patient center medical home in general, you know, it, we as family physicians can be a part of something that includes behavioral health, mental health, you know, primary care, all in one place. And, and to keep people um, as, as in your clinic and, and with all these different um, special offerings, I think telehealth is something that is going to help primary care. if. If your patient can't come to see you for an in-person visit for whatever reason, instead of them cancel it all together, you can arrange a televisit and you get to see them in the comfort of their own home and maybe the next time they see you in person, but it's much better than them canceling it all together. So I, I try to emphasize those changes that I see upcoming is, is you know, the, the future family medicine is going to be good for primary care. You know, and as we work to improve the pipeline into primary care, into family medicine, I I love the relationships you've built with those students you've mentored, as well as your own mentors. Mm -hmm. And and it's really, you know, the beauty of family medicine is about relationships, relationships on an ongoing basis through the life of your patient and seeing them have children. And just talk a minute about that. Yeah, it's, it's really neat to see how you get so involved and, and build these relationships both with students and, and patients. In regards to students, I have students now that were, you know, my, my gosh, my first student, uh, Dr. Josh Carpenter, is, is now have been, has, has been an attending physician for several years doing direct primary care. Um, so you know, it's neat to see that relationship. He was the third person I think I told I was pregnant and we continue to keep in touch and now he's got kids so you know those things he's a part of my life and, and I think I'm a part of his um, and I have several students like that that will send me text messages or, or emails just to check in even if they didn't do family medicine um, so I, I think I made an impact on their lives but they made an impact on mine I'll occasionally text someone who I'm, hey how's it how's the intern year or you know how, how's I know a student that did a military residency so ask how she's doing so those relationships are important. And the same thing with, with patients. As you mentioned, you have families. I've now been practicing long enough to where I've had pediatric patients who are now having kids of their own. So I take care of them, their child, and then it turns out I'm taking care of their parents and grandparents and uncles. So it's a giant family medicine tree um, that I know all of them. And, and, and you get to really see how your patients change and develop. And they get they get involved in your personal life, um, not necessarily too much, but they're interested to know what how old your kids, how are your kids doing. Um, I actually had a patient recently who's attended some soccer games, and that's been that's been neat to see. Um, so it, it's these relationships are important for both you, the student, and, and the patients. I think they value that. 
So how do you see yourself being an advocate for our members and our members' patience over the next year? That's a good question. I, I think, and I put this in my speech uh, about when I mentioned Dr. Dowler, but, but being approachable and relatable. I hope that as, as the Academy President, people see me as very approachable and relatable um, and will be willing to ask me specific things or, or direct me in how I could help them as, as a member. Um, I would like to look at um, our strategic plan, plan, which we're going to be working on. But what what do our members want? What what are their concerns, and how I, how can I help push through some changes or, or to make things better for our, our physicians? And then with our patients, how can we provide better health care? Um, what can we do in regards to we got Medicaid transformation coming up? You know, how can we provide more care um, to other patients in North Carolina? How can we get more coverage? And how can we help them navigate the system? I think that's important. And what can we do as an academy to make it easier for patients and make sure they don't lose care? Are there any last thoughts you have for our listeners, especially for maybe those younger folks, uh, med students, or maybe even someone who hasn't decided to go to med school yet, but are younger med students and residents and young physicians, what, what one piece of advice would you share with them? I would say if you become passionate about something, to follow that passion and don't worry or be afraid about if you're ever going to get to the top or what the outcome's going to be. Because if you follow that passion, regardless of, of how long it takes, you're going to learn and you're going to develop, whether it be leadership skills or physician skills. But that passion will take you to a place where I think you're, you're going to learn to enjoy things. And then all of a sudden, you might be where you want to be. You might be a leader in the academy, or you might be a lead clinician in your clinic, or you might just be a physician in your office, but a very passionate physician who, who loves his or her job. So just, just remember to, to follow your passion and, and keep up with it. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us today. I'm thrilled to have you as the president of NCAP this year. Uh, it it does my heart good. I don't know if I'm just getting old or what, <laughs> but to see folks I work with as a medical student now in, in such important leadership roles. So thanks for joining us. Well, you're welcome. I, I definitely feel old, but I, I appreciate all you've done for me, too, over the years. Uh, so thank you. Uh, Once again, that's been Dr. Jessica Trish, our new president of the North Carolina Academy of Family Physicians. Thanks for joining us for this edition of NCFM Today. Stay on the lookout for our January edition when we'll interview another thought leader in family medicine in North Carolina. Thank you.